the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are back. It is Lifeline Hour number two, and it is the Truth For Today edition. And Pastor Phil Howard, I'm going to send it right, right back to you, brother. You were on fire here just before the top of the hour. I was going to make an altar call or take an offering. Well, one of the two, I think we might just do both. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, but also, um, Manny's testimony as well is they something you want to kind of jump to as well so. well i uh it, it's a fascinating testimony of the grace of god uh i just started reading uh piper's book on providence which is uh, a, a phenomenal work wonderful just on the sovereignty of god in history what he's done and you talk about the hand of god wanting this man as a boy and let you let us have him tell you the story, his father, uh, how these missionaries. It's a phenomenal story. And why do we want testimonies? We want testimonies to give you hope out there. Don't know where you are in your story, your pilgrimage, but uh, we want you to hear. And all of you dear Latino friends in San Jose. Uh, and in the Bay Area, when I grew up in the Bay Area, there was not many Latinos that I remember. It was white and black in the 40s and 50s, in the shipyards, in the projects. It, the uh, Mexican and the Latino invasion for me has come over the years. And I go back to the neighborhoods I used to live in. They're now primarily uh, Mexican and Latino people. And so... We welcome there's some wonderful people. Hear this story of what God did to one of your brothers. And uh, Mandy, tell them your story. Sure thing. Um, as I mentioned, I started in Guatemala, Central America, coming from a Sephardic Jewish family from uh, southern Spain. And uh, when I came to, I was already going to a church because the family had uh, received Christ as their Savior and things were working well for them and for all of us, really. I went to a military school when I was 13 years old, and that threw my value system upside down. It was a brainwash. It's, it, you know, talk about the children's soldier. At the time, Guatemala had problems with the guerrillas, and uh, there there was a lot of uh, terrorist acts and different things that were going on. And uh, I went into that military school and they expected to be a man overnight and handle guns with real munitions and such. And, uh, and the biggest thing is your brain. It's like you will be a loyal person and you will be brave. And, you, and, and you know, I was very idealistic and uh, very much in tune with everything I was being told. But my value system just flew upside down. And uh, I realized I was at odds with everybody that I had grown up with. And um, everybody was very angry at me, and I was very angry at the whole world. And I decided I'd run away from home. And I wanted to hitchhike from Guatemala to Portland, Oregon. I heard Portland is a very beautiful place, and 
That's all I needed to know. Uh, the day I decided to run away from home, I had the clothing I was wearing, 10 cents in my pocket, and I wanted to hitchhike all the way up to Portland. So <laughs> I uh, came through your fine state on my way there. Uh, lots of adventures that we don't have time for. But I stopped in L.A., and I lived there for a while. I came by myself. Nobody brought me in. I crossed under a fence. You know, I, I did a number of the things that a lot of people that are hearing me are quite quite aware of. And uh, I landed in a home that uh, uh, basically gave help to immigrants that came without papers. Where did he find, where did they, this guy find you in Portland? Well, as I will get there, you know, what I wanted to let people know is that when I lived in L.A., I began to try to live life with a little bit of money to go to the dance halls, to do this, to do that. But I found it pretty empty. Uh, it's just go back to work and go to the weekend and go spend the money again. And do nothing. Yes, there were gangs there. And it was, you know, around the Pico Rivera, East L.A. area where I was living. So I was in the midst of it. And I know that that is also has been a, a problem for a lot of people from Central America that have come into Oakland. And what I want to tell you is God delivered me from that. And he can deliver you from that. Because I was in those areas and... I, I found the emptiness at all and, and at odds with everybody. And why? How did I end up on this? Is this all there is to it? No. You know, actually, the thing that made this country great was the faith in Christianity, mm -hmm. the authentic faith in Christianity. And that's what can make a life great. I don't care what's, you know, what kind of decadence you're seeing. God can get you out of there. And he got me out of there from you know, I decided, you know, I never started to come on and be here anyway when I was in East L.A. I wanted to go to Oregon because it's a beautiful place and because I wanted to do this. And this and this is not a, a plug for Oregon. Oregon has problems, too. But, uh, you know, I, you know, kept on hitchhiking. I came through Oakland at 3 in the morning. At that time, a trucker that brought me all the way from L.A., you know, dropped me off here. And from here, I connected with something else that took me uh, in, into the border, inside the border of Oregon. And you're at what age now? 15 years old. So then I get up to Portland, and there's a beautiful neighborhood. You know, uh, in East Moreland is the name of the, of the neighborhood. Beautiful homes to me, perfect mansions, every one of them. And I was sitting on a sidewalk, and a man was in a jogging suit coming with two black Labradors. He liked to do bird hunting, you know, pheasant hunting in eastern Oregon and so on. And um, it was Mr. Herbert Clark. He was the owner of a business that had trucks and warehouses throughout Oregon and Washington State. And in God's providence, you know, he just uh, had me come into his home. I, I said no three times. I, I wonder why, why he wanted to take me into his home. You know, and... Uh, I always carried a knife with me in those days, and I, I was sure that I had it ready and so on. But he was a very, very, very gracious man, and he just wanted me to be safe, to make my life stick. He said, make it real, make it formal, make it whatever you want, but make it right. And he put me in touch with my parents. He had me make peace with them. 
And then he kept me as one of his sons. He, he was a liquid millionaire. Gentlemen, he had flown a plane before he ever got a, a driver's license at 15. He had had 15 airplanes by the time I know. He had a Beechcraft Baron when I was with him. He would take me flying and teach me how to land it in case he got a heart attack. And, you know, but, but I had an amazing, it's like when God talks about adoption as sons, you know, literally new new name, new behavior, new clothing, got to wear a jacket to dinner, got to go to this very special Portland club and so on, a home in a gated community on the Oregon coast, Glen Eden Beach, and et cetera. And being with Clarks, I was a, do, a new person. And they got me into a situation where I was able to start going back to church and truly learn. See, I had not really learned. I only heard stereotypes. You know, one thing, another. Well, there's God, and Jesus is his son, and... There's this, but and there's church, but but never really understanding kind of the whole abstract. thing. Abstract, exactly. Yeah. But here, there was a science to it in the sense of truly understanding. Where did this come from? Why do we do that? How do we know this? You know. And then I began to want to learn more. How do we know we know? It's called epistemology, the science of truth. You know. And and then I, I wanted so much of it. I wanted to make it my degree beyond college. And I went to Multnomah, and then I graduated from there, met my wife from Idaho, went down to Dallas Theological Seminary, a four-year program to get a Master of Theology degree, and then another four years to do my doctorate program and so on. And then I began to develop an organization to take the gospel all over the world. Uh, Before the COVID, (laughs) in the last four or five years, I have gone an average of six or seven times around the earth. 175,000 miles a year on an airplane. I don't do it because I keep track of it. Uh, you know, American Airlines has been sending me the <laughs> report saying, do you realize you've already gone five times? Oh, thank you. I, I, I knew I, you know, my seat was tired, but <laughs> I didn't know why. You know, it, at any rate, but it has been a, a joy, just like you say, seeing literally so much of the world. But wherever I go, it's a big hit. Not who I am, but the message we bring. Because Everybody needs the message. It's it's an absolute universal message. He who is forgiven much loves much. Amen. Mm. Well, with that, we'll take another quick time out and come back and continue our conversation here on KFAX. Let's head off to the KFAX Traffic Center for another look at your commute. Lifeline, Andy Froyland and Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline here on KFAX. I'm going to give it right back to you, Phil. You know, I think something that uh, uh, Manny has uh, spent many years in Spain. He was a missionary there, got a Bible college going, and uh, uh, a wonderful work going there. He's been an educator, uh, besides a globetrotter evangelist, but he's been an educator and was trained in apologetics, which is... It's hard to give a good apologetic for a lie. Uh, When we live in a culture that truth does not exist as an absolute, that tolerance is the key word of the day. That uh, and I, I think tolerance is the only way you can go if there's no objective truth. If there's nothing, uh, uh, if you know, it's like vocabulary. If you don't accept let's say, an Oxford Dictionary, 
or an English dictionary, you say, oh, no, 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 I have a different vocabulary. I've been taught by alien forces. Mm-hmm. How do you carry on a conversation without a agreed upon vocabulary unless you go back to Babel, Genesis 11? Uh, and I think in uh, Manny's development, uh, he learned to debate and to defend the faith because it, when he was in Guatemala, there's plenty of uh, religion there, plenty of uh, witchcraft, plenty of Catholicism, plenty of a lot of religions. Spain, part of the European closing down, God is not welcome in the in the arena of thinking. He, he's we're post-Christian, we're smarter than uh, uh, Christianity, and I think. Uh, it would be good if Manny would share some of that training because in military school, the mess, your mind was messed up mm-hmm. and taught to be a killer, taught to be a loyalist to the government. Uh, kind of share your journey, maybe in apologetics, what you learned as the basic. What's, the, what, what's your defense of Christianity? Why does it make sense to be a Christian? Yeah, you can take, obviously, a very disciplined approach like uh, you do in philosophy or in theology. Uh, But a lot of folks have a hard time staying tuned for that because it's very uh, specialized language. You know, uh, propositions of truth and metaphysics already scare people. So uh, the best way that we start with folks that have not had apologetics is by just sharing a conversation that we have had with somebody and let them see how apologetics wins the day. You know, I uh, was talking with uh, somebody who used to be a priest and now is a professor of philosophy. And uh, we were talking with another man who has studied science. And the guy with science, of course, was, you know, drumming up the drum of evolution. And uh, right here at Berkeley, you know, which is not exactly a Christian school. No (laughs) Bible. No Bible. But but the amazing thing is that a professor, uh, Jonathan Wells, with two doctorates and a postdoctoral studies, has written a book called The Icons of Evolution, and he exposes the falsehood of everyone, of not just the little truths of evolution, but the main pillars that supposedly are the supports of this bridge of evolution. And he will demonstrate to you, every one of them is made up. It's false. And he's right here. You can invite him. You can you can talk to him. Uh, you, you can get give his us book. that name again. Yeah, Dr. Jonathan Wells. Uh, um, and um, he, the icons of evolution. And he is, uh, you know, for example, he will show you that uh, the, you know, one of the most respected of these pillars, um, uh, like the embryos of uh, Heckel, are really not embryos. Plural is the embryo. He supposedly shows a sketch, not even a picture, of the embryo that uh, supposedly being the embryo of a horse. And another sketch is the embryo of a calf or of a frog or this. Guess what? Four months after the fact, 
they discovered that it is the same embryo. That he used the same embryo. He falsified, Heckel falsified his research. And when people confronted him, you know, his colleagues, you have falsified this. You just, you know, put this in different positions and said, no, this is a horse. No, this is a, you know, a calf. This is whatever. It's not true. You did it. And then the other thing he did is there are three stages in the development of an embryo. You know, in the beginning, it they all look very, very different. And the middle, when they're just a blob of cells, you know, they look very similar, just like a blob. And then in the third stage, they get defined again very differently. Well, he says that the second stage is the first stage mm-hmm. and that the third stage is the second. In only to try to prove, quote, we came from a common ancestor. Dr. Wells, who's one of the doctors is in embryology, he says, I can demonstrate to you, absolutely, this is false. And of course, you know, there, there have been now thousands of scientists that have given up on evolution. We know this from back in the 60s. But some people wanting to put up a front to hide behind will continue to speak about evolution this, evolution that. The but Jonathan, scientists are sophisticated. It, yeah. And, and for our listeners, just to, just to clarify that the, the reason – uh, evolution is so wrong is because it bypasses death, thereby bypassing the need for the cross right at the start in Genesis, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you see, what they would object to is you're wanting to talk about, you know, truth that is foreign to them in the same thing. But we don't need to. We can just show them according to their own, you know, revered icons they are false they you know for example the java man is a creation it's a production of of the imagination but there's no way they've given the materials you know to different uh art studios to come up with you know some depiction of whatever they've come up with absolutely different interpretation because it's just an interpretation of the mind and if you look at for example the darwin tree the tree of life it's uprooted and turned upside down according to fossils, according to the Cambrian explosion. Jonathan Wells, in that book, will show you scientifically everything we're talking about. And you would do yourself a service to truly understand this and to know the truth about it instead of trying to think. You know, I can hide behind here. It's like a little child. You know, I'm hiding, I'm hiding. No one knows where because all they can see is my toes and my hair. You know, but but you're so obvious and you're trying to hide. And this is something that you cannot do. Okay, so I have a conversation in Spain, post-Christian, with a philosopher. And he sees that I'm talking about evolution with the scientist. And he just kind of eavesdrop and he says, oh, hey, let's cut to the chase. You know, the Bible is... A practical book. You know, Moses wanted to start a nation. So he went up a mountain, carved some laws, came back, said, God gave me this. We have to obey them. So we'll be a nation. They became a nation. I said to the to the philosopher, well, that would be okay if I were willing to grant the premise or principle that Moses was a liar. He said, I've not said that. I said, you have said that. Because if you say that Moses said something that's not true, you said Moses told a lie. Moses is a liar. And he said, well, truth. What is truth? He says, all is relative. There are no absolutes. 
I said, is that an absolute statement, <laughs> that there are no absolutes? And, of course, the scientist laughed, and he said, you've been had. And he said, no, okay, let's talk about something more important. I said, like what? He said, the existence of God. I said, okay, you know, do you, are you an atheist or are you, you know, it, well, he wanted to say he was an agnostic. Agnostic is from the Greek. Agnostic, I don't know. If you translate that into Latin, agnostic is ignoramus. That's exactly, word for word, that's what it is. But they don't want the ignoramus part. <laughs> they want to be fancy agnostic only in Greek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, well, sorry, but you're an ignoramus if you're claiming that. But, you know, for example, the most militant agnostic was David Hume. He says, not only that we cannot know, no, I cannot know, but you cannot know either. He is militant. If I, don't, if I cannot know, you cannot know. In fact, you cannot even know if you exist, he says. Because, for all we know, we can be ideas in the mind of a superior being. Oh, I see. Okay, so, are we able to affirm anything then if we don't know if we exist? So why are you affirming things? So if, if you don't know, and guess what? He wanted to be hired as a professor in Edinburgh, Edinburgh at the university. And they didn't hire him. This is over 100 years ago. Yeah, I wonder why. Because he didn't have anything to teach. Because <laughs> you, what do you know? You don't, you don't know, know anything. I don't know anything. Well, see, if you cannot know anything, well, how do you know you can't even know? If you don't know that you don't know, or if you know that you don't know, listen to that. If you know that you don't know, then you already know something. So you cannot say, I don't know. know. You know? I know. So this is good. <laughs> <laughs> Radio well, audience, if you're confused, uh, don't don't be. Just be just, be humored. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll give you about four or five minutes to mull that one over as we take another time out here on Lifeline. I think. Uh, therefore, I must be. I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, but I do know. One thing I know for sure is if we head off to the KFAX Traffic Center, we will get another look at your commute, which we'll do right now. We are back. It is Lifeline, Andy Froyland, Phil Howard, Manny Fernandez. We are, uh, it's all things evangelism, um, apologetics, and truth. Because at the end of the day, that's really what we what we have, isn't it, Phil? We, we have the truth. And, and he said in uh, 1 Timothy that the church was uh, built on the foundation of the truth. And uh, every life is going to be tested by the storm. Uh, there's no exemption from storms in life. And he says it in Proverbs, and he says, uh, the wicked will be no more once the storm has passed. And Jesus ended that marvelous sermon on the mount in Matthew 7. He said, hey, both men went through the storm. The righteous get cancer. The righteous bury their loved ones. The righteous have uh, heartache. We're not a people that promise you come to Christ and you'll be exempt from the sorrows of life. We say come to Christ and he will give you hope in sorrow, comfort in sorrow, and always the triumphant victory he has shown over death when all seem lost. You know, when some people, how can a holy God allow suffering? And our answer is go to the cross. If it demands suffering to save you, God said, I'll sign up for it. Mm. Uh, I'm not afraid of suffering. And I'm not promising you, Job, exemption from suffering. 
but I will be with you through the cloud. I'll be with you through the storm. And someday we used to sing, we'll understand it better in the by and by. Uh, An unsaved man has no chance in an eternity separated from the divine explainer to understand anything. Come to Christ and life will begin to make sense because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, my heart aches sometimes just to sit in a mall or someplace and just observe people in their uh, way of life. Just think, how many are living with hope? How many are living without it? Uh, Because we all, the human condition is fragile. And uh, I... I wish I was a George Whitfield preacher. Uh, when I read about him, they say they never heard him preach in England without preaching through uh, tears. He wept and he pleaded. And uh, coming from my background, that gave me freedom and emotion. Uh, and then going for years to school where everything was the brain, cognitive, truth, pass the test, exegete the verb. Uh, You know what? Uh, God wants us to marry truth with passion, to tell it, and passion for those that are perishing. We're we're not to be stoical, uncaring people. Don't sit around and start acting like you know everybody that's elect and everybody that's not. You know what? Jesus wept over the folks that was going to perish in Jerusalem. Mm. And... uh, we got too many dry eyes uh, and too many lives at stake. And so I just say to you as a listener, Christianity is the truth. Uh, don't believe the myths and don't believe those who live maybe inconsistent to its claims. Look at Christ. Look mm. at his word and uh, look at what great men and women of God have done for God. Mm. Uh, you know, believe the real thing. You'll always find an exception, and you can make, build your case on it. But Christ was no hypocrite. Hmm. Christ, that we used to sing a song, I have found no disappointments in Jesus. Hmm. He's everything he said he would be. You know, Phil, um, you know, we're sitting here talking with uh, Manny, and I, I love... Uh, I love apologetics. As I told you during the break, uh, Francis Schaeffer is one of my heroes. The if-then, taking taking a student to the end of their logic and leaving them hang, and you know his wife getting upset because Francis, one of these days they're just going to commit suicide. To which he would always say, "No, God's got them. <laughs> They'll fall, but He'll catch them. He's always faithful." At some point, though, as you work through apologetics, and and I go back to the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Deflect. Uh, Jesus gives her a, a gospel tidbit, and she deflects. Yeah, but this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but mm-hmm. this. At some point, our apologetic has to focus right back on the heart of that gospel, doesn't it? It will bring you to that for sure, because you know what we're trying to help people understand is that this is not a figment of somebody's imagination right. or a rich tradition that has been embellished over thousands of years, or this or that. We really have to go to forensics, and we have to understand that not only can we prove through undeniability as a test for truth that there has to be only one infinite cause, 
to every contingency that we see because whatever is contingent is contingent upon something. That is, whatever is dependent depends on something. But it cannot, dependent beings cannot exist a part of a reality of an, a cause that is not contingent. It's a, a, a pure existence, a pure cause. So it's a little bit advanced, but I'm just, just trying to make a statement that, yes, we do that. So we, we can help you to understand it mathematically, philosophically. and then, But then we go to forensics, it, and we have to try to discern, you know, has God ever shown up? Has he ever done anything that would lead us to believe that he's there or this or that? And so we necessarily have to look at any claims of any theistic systems, and the major ones will definitely have to be studied, and Christianity is one of them. So who is this Jesus? And the forensics about the depositions of those that walked with him, that contrary to their own expectation, saw him do the very thing that they would not have expected. And they will write. And, you know, for example, we were coming up on Easter, as uh, Pastor Phil was mentioning, but the the forensics about, you know, the death and burial of Christ are very, very simple and yet very powerfully profound. Number one, there was the death of Jesus of Nazareth on one Friday in the outskirts of Jerusalem. You know, number two, he was buried in the tomb of a man named Joseph of Arimathea. No question that those are undisputed. Mm -hmm. All four are undisputed. Three, you know, the tomb was empty on the third day. That is not disputed. There are differences of opinion as to why it was empty, right. but it was empty. And number four, not disputed. After that empty tomb, the people who fled that were his closest party are willing to say, hey, you're going to kill me? Go ahead. I'm going to tell you about the reality of who this Jesus is. Because, as pastors mentioned, you know, where death is your sting. Our Savior, our victor, our captain has defeated it. And now you can do whatever you want, but I will not stop saying what God has just shown in our midst. And and so it's, it's amazing you're saying that Paul said in his day, you could still look up 500 people who mm -hmm. saw him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was and, not done in the corner. And this is what convinced Chuck Colson. You got 12 men who couldn't keep a lie together for 24 hours. And he comes <laughs> across right. this thing and it's like, <laughs> there's no way, if this is if this is a lie, there's no way they're going to keep it like this. No way. No. And it, 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 that's what really convinced him. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, truth matters, doesn't yeah, it? It matters. Yeah. It does matter. But those facts of the resurrection that I mentioned are undisputable. Undisputable. They, yeah. They are dispute. factual. Exactly. So, it, it, you know, literally historically there's extra biblical evidence there. Yeah. yeah yeah josephus for example yeah you can't you can't produce the body if mm -hmm. they could do that they could prove that christianity was a hoax and we would have to admit we'd be of all men most miserable yeah. if that were true but thank god it's well I, when john saw it 90 a.d he was well 
His voice wasn't like an old man. It was like all the waters of the oceans yeah. and his hair. and his, uh, He was in good condition. Yeah. yeah. All right. Final break. We'll come back and wrap things up around here on Lifeline. It is our Friday Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard. By the way, good Friday services at Valley Bible in Hercules, 7 p.m., Resurrection Sunday, two services, 9 and 11. And you can learn more at truthfortodayradio.org. <laughs> or join us. Uh, Truth For Today airs right here on KFAX, Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 6 in the morning. Great way to wake up. And Sunday mornings at 8.30. There you go. It's all the, that's the 411 of Truth For Today. Right now, let's head off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We'll get a final look at your commute this evening. Final installment of Lifeline here on this Friday evening. Uh, Pastor Phil, I'm going to pass it back to you. We've got, uh, what, about seven minutes left here, brother. So I just thought uh, to wrap up our uh, plea for evangelism and got this wonderful, outstanding missionary and uh, Manny Fernandez, a <coughs> uh, a soul winner for sure. I just thought of Acts 16 when the jailer was ready to commit suicide because uh, the prison is being shaken and he knows everybody's going to escape. And when he yells out, it's interesting, the Greek, because it really goes something like this. Sirs, what must I keep on doing? It's a present tense in Greek. What must I keep on doing to be saved? And, uh, of course, Paul says, believe, I believe it's a potility, it's an error, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I want the audience listening to, and you shall be saved. And that's a past tense. You'll be saved. And it goes on to say, your household, whatever. And I, I want to say, uh, if you grew up in the tradition I did, sometimes you never knew for sure if you were saved because uh, we we felt you could lose salvation. You, we didn't know how to get back if we sinned. You had to wait for another revival, another evangelist, go to the altar. We had all of that because we didn't know. We just confess it and get cleansing. But I, I want you to know this in Ephesians even 2, 8 and 9 said, For by grace are you saved, E-D-S-A-V-E-D, perfect. You are saved, not you hope you, you might be, that you may be lost right now, but before you pull in the driveway home, you could be saved. If you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ right now, you can be saved, and God will take the rest of your life to mold you, to deal with your temper, your addictions. Oh, he's going to sanctify you. When you when he gets through with you, you need a before and after picture of what he's going to make you in Christ, all in grace, all in kindness. You know, it's like God has taken a risk to save you, but no risk. He knows, you know what, as we planned our family and we were able, God gave us three children, uh, even though I was very uh, adverse to it, we knew diapers would come with it. 
you know, I think I've changed three as a father, and my daughters still remind me today of my parental neglect of them. But guess what? Dirty diapers come with birthing children and raising a family. But guess what? The moms and dads said, you are worth every dirty diaper. You'll get beyond that. We're going to love you until you get there. And God has done that with us as his children. I know there will be messes. There will, you'll have to learn this. You'll have to learn that. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to be attending because I will keep my word. I will save you both in time and for eternity. Turn to Christ. And if you're a believer, rejoice that he's accepted you. Hmm. I gave you two more minutes, man. <laughs> I didn't. I, I wasn't giving you the peace sign. I was just saying, you got two minutes. Keep going. <laughs> well, I, I think this is the most wonderful thing. Uh, I was saved at uh, 14. And, you know, to have been able all these years to bury a mom, to bury a dad, to bury my older sis, to bury a brother. You know what? Uh if there was nothing but funerals, I'd want to be a Christian because of the hope and the song in my mm. heart at the cemetery. Because uh, the gospel guarantees your resurrection. It does. It so does. It does. This, uh, you know what? If I keep at this, I'm going to get sold on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a joy the gospel is. And with that, I think we're going to wrap things up around here. Uh, once again, Manny Fernandez, our special guest tonight from World Link Ministry. If you would like to know more about this uh, uh, missionary outreach, please visit wlink.org. That's the, the letter W, link.org, and you'll learn all about what they're doing worldwide several times over. As won't a be disappointed. Of fact. You won't be disappointed. What a delight, Manny. Thank you so much for spending time Thank with you. us here tonight. It's been a real treat and a pleasure. And uh, boy, how precious are the feet of those who, who bring the good news, right? Amen. Amen to that. And uh, Phil, as always, a joy. Again, a quick reminder, Good Friday services at Valley Bible Church, 7 p.m., Resurrection Sunday, 9 and 11, two services on Resurrection Come Sunday. Come delighting. Come delighting. Oh. Come expecting and come, yeah, yeah, come expecting. Uh, we get to celebrate our Heavenly Father and His Son's work on the cross. What amen, a joy. Amen. All right, folks, that is going to put a wrap on this edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Friday edition, truthfortodayradio.org. Great place to learn more about us. Have yourself a marvelous evening, a wonderful weekend. Be found in the Lord's house this Lord's Day. And uh, we'll do it again next month, same time, same bat station. Until then, <laughs> God bless.